Thank you, Caleb. And good morning, Breakthrough Church. Oh, I had no response. I'll try it again. <laughs> good morning, Breakthrough Church. That's right. I forgot that this is a coffee-addicted church, and there's not much response until there's caffeine in your system. <laughs> but re really great to be back with you again. I, I love coming to this church. I, I love the spirit of this church, and I'm very grateful that you support us in what we do across the majority world. Um, just a brief thing about what we do. World Outreach is a 91-year-old ministry, so I was not the founder. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> remember, you're not my friend. Okay, <laughs> I remember you said that. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we work in, in the majority world, reaching out to what we call the unreached people groups of the world. And we're just seeing some remarkable things across the world. And since COVID, we've had the highest number of people applying for missionary service that we've ever had in the history of our organization. It's been amazing. But it's no longer people from the Western world. Most of the people applying for missionary service now are coming from Nepal and India and Pakistan and all, all over the world. The former mission field is becoming the mission force. There is an absolutely seismic shift in mission taking place all across the world at the moment of people from the majority world rising up to become missionaries. It's very exciting. And uh, I want to thank you that you are part of that because you're partnering with us in what we're doing across the majority world. Now, now, before Peter and Christine were alluding to some changes in my own life and ministry, and at the beginning of 2022, I felt it was time for me to stand down as the international director and make room for generational change, even though I'm still young because we've only known each other a short time. Uh, we, I felt it was time for me to make room for a new generation that were coming through, and I made that known about a year ago, and they've appointed a new director, and we're currently in that process of transition. I will stay with World Outreach, but more in an ambassadorial role and in, in the development of leaders uh, across the world as well. So I'm kind of stepping into the unknown. To use a movie metaphor, like Indiana Jones stepping out, you know, in the Temple of Doom, was it? Where he stepped out. Um, I feel like that I'm stepping into the unknown. So that encouragement this morning about, um, about God, has, I have his complete attention, was really encouraging to me also. Because when you're stepping into the unknown, it can be a bit terrifying. But how many know God is on the other side? He's already before you, and we just have to keep our eyes on him. Okay, I'm going to get right, right in, into the message today. And as you heard, there's been something that's been upon my heart for, for days that I, I know I'm supposed to bring. It's a very simple message, but I pray that today it would come with revelation and it would come with freshness to your life as well. The title of my message today, it'll be up there in a moment, it kind of says it all, which is going over, not going under. This is really what I want to say to you today in a nutshell. You are not going to go under, you are going to go over. You will see breakthrough. You will come through. You will get to the other side. You will see answers to prayer. Now, the text we're about to have a look at today is found in Mark 4, verses 35 to 41. And it's the record of Jesus calming the storm. And I think all of us would realize that at different times, life has storms. Sometimes it can be an emotional storm. Sometimes a storm in our thought life, or it may be in our workplace, or in our finances, or in our family. Uh, it can be in many different, different contexts. 
And when we're in the middle of a storm, we often ask the question, am I going to get through? Am I going to survive the storm? And sometimes when we're in the middle of the storm, we can't see the destination. We can't see the deliverer. All we can see is the storm itself. And there's an old saying that goes, tests don't make the man, they reveal the man. But let me paraphrase that in non-gender specific language. And that is that storms don't make the person, they reveal the person. Because what we're about to see in the story today is that the real threat was not the storm. The real threat was not what they were going through, but how they responded to what they were going through. And sometimes the storms of life re reveal that we have a negative mindset. Sometimes the storms of life reveal that we have a lack of faith or trust in God. And the biggest threat to our survival is not what we are going through, but how we are responding to what we are going through. So I want to just read this text out to you and then begin to apply it to our lives as well so that we can know we are not going to go under, we're going to go over. So Mark 4, reading from verse number 35 says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now note what Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And he got up and rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind calmed down. And it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So let me just put this, this story into its biblical context. So Jesus has been teaching on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And he just finished this long and grueling day about teaching people about the kingdom of God. And then on top of that, he has to explain to his disciples the meaning of his parables. And he must have been physically and emotionally and mentally exhausted. And then we read in verse number 35 that Jesus said, Let us go over to the other side. And this is where we find the first reason why we know we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over. Number one is this, because Jesus knows where he's taking us. Jesus knows where he's taking us. So knowing in advance what he had in mind and knowing what he wanted to do in them and knowing where he was taking them, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. Now Jesus knew where he was taking them and he knew that the storm was going to be part of the journey for him to get the disciples where he wanted them to go. The disciples did not know but on the other side was a man in need of Jesus. And we find him in the next chapter in Mark 5, verses 1, 1 to 10. And listen how the Bible describes it, this, this, this man. It says he was living among the tombs. He was uncontrollable. He was 
self-mutilating. He was full of demons. People were fearful of him and people were running away from him. And what a great picture. People were running away from him, from him but Jesus was going toward him. That is the heart of Jesus. And friends, today we are not going to go under. We are going to go over because there are people like this man living among the tombs all around about us. And the Lord has to reposition our lives to get us to the other side so we can tell them about the reality of who Jesus is. And Jesus will use whatever storm you are going through at the moment to shape your story and to reveal himself to you that you would know his love and his power. Your test will become your testimony. Your test will become your testimony. And the storm is just a part of the journey for the Lord to do something in you he could do through no other way. And he wants to get you to the other side because he wants to set those who need him absolutely free. But listen again to what Jesus said. Let us go over to the other side. In other words, You've been on this one shore for way too long. And there's more I want to do in you. And there's more I want to do through you. I want to take you to a higher place. I want to take you to a higher dimension. So come on, let's leave where we are and begin to go to the other side. And he knows exactly where he's taking us. He knows exactly what he's doing inside of us. We may not understand why we are going through the storm. But what we do know is this, Jesus. Jesus knows where he's taking us. And we are not going to go under. We are going to go over because the Jesus that we are serving, he knows where he is taking us. That leads me to number two. The second thing I see in this text about how we know we are not going to go under, we're going to go over. Number two is this, because Jesus is with us on the journey. Jesus is with us on the journey. Listen again to the words of Jesus. Let us go over to the other side. And if Jesus is asking you to do something you have never been done before, if Jesus is asking you to go somewhere you have never been before, he is with you on the journey. We do not journey in this life alone. We do not face what we face alone. We do not endure what we endure alone. He is with us. He is with us. He is with us. And let's remember the promise of Hebrews 13, verse number 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And may we remember that today, that he will never leave us. He will never reject us. He will never turn his back to us. He will never discard us. He will never cut us free. He is with us. He is with us. He is with us. And we may not understand why we are going through what we are going through, but I want to reassure you today the Lord is with you. No matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're facing, the Lord is with you. In the good times and the bad times, He is with you. At home and in leisure, He is with you. When you're going through conflict, when things seem like they're out of control, the Lord is with you. Some years ago, I read a story about a British anthropologist who was studying an Indian tribe. And this tribe was located in what is now the border of North and South Dakota. And he wrote about a ceremony that this young guy would, would go through. Oh, he's not up there. Uh, where's the young Indian man? There he is. What this young man, who was hiding in the distance, uh, went through. 
When he was about 13 or 14 years of age, he'd been taught how to hunt, he'd been taught how to fish, he'd been taught how to light a fire. But in order to become a brave, to become a man, he had to go through an ordeal he'd never been through before. And all the men of the village would get this young man and they would take him away from his village and they would take him way out into the forest. And here's a picture of what the forest looks like in that part of the United States. And they would take him beyond any recognizable landmark where he had never been before. And around about sunset, all of the men, without a word, would just leave. And they would leave this young man all by himself in the forest all night. And to prove that he was brave, he had to stay out there all by himself all night and in the morning find his way home. In that part of the United States at that time, they, they, they aren't there now, they used to have grizzly bears. And so you can imagine what it was like for this young man. Every time he would hear a twig snap or leaves rustle, he would think that it was a predator coming to get him. So he would light a fire and he would stay by that fire all night. But in the morning, as the sun began to rise and as the first light of dawn began to pierce through the canopy of the trees, the young man would realize that he'd been left on a pathway that would take him all the way back to the village. And as the sun got higher and higher, he would realize that somebody else was there. His father had been watching over him all night, bow and arrow ready for any eventuality. He was hiding where his son could not see him, but his father had been stealthily and silently watching over him all night. The young man had felt vulnerable. He had felt exposed. He had felt fearful, but his fear was needless because his father had been watching over him all night. When I read that story, it reminded me of Psalm 121, verses 5 to 8. And maybe you need some comfort today. Listen to the words of that scripture. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. And sometimes we feel like that young man. Sometimes we feel so vulnerable and so exposed and anxious because of the storms of life that we are facing. But let us remember today, the Lord is watching over us. The Lord has gone before you to the other side. The Lord is underneath you. The Lord is beside you. The Lord is within you. The Lord is for you. May we remind ourselves today, no matter how big the storm is, the Lord Lord is with us on the journey. Back, back to our story. Luke, Luke's account tells us in Luke's act, uh, Luke 8, verse number 22. So they got into the boat and set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. So they're in the boat and they're moving away from the shore. And Jesus has had a big day. He grabbed a cushion, found a comfortable place in the stern of the boat and promptly went, went to sleep. The day had taken its toll and he fell into a deep sleep. And that's where the problems began. In our text, verse number 37 reads, A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Luke's gospel tells us they were in great danger. 
Now, here is a picture of the Sea of Galilee. And it's a relatively small lake, but it's one of the most treacherous bodies of water on earth. You've got the hills of, of Gilead in the east. You've got the hills of, of Galilee in the west. And it's subject to these southeasterly winds that can whip up the waves. And within five minutes, you need to get off that lake or you can be dashed to pieces. But that leads me to the third reason in this passage I see that we know we are not going to go under. We're going to go over. Number three, because Jesus is not afraid of anything. Jesus is not afraid of anything. So the storm is raging and the boat is rocking violently and the waves are buffeting the boat and menacing, and, and menacing to threaten to swamp the boat. But astonishingly, verse number 38 says, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was asleep. You can't relax or sleep if you are afraid. For example, you may have seen recently there was a massive cyclone that hit Bangladesh and Myanmar. On that same night, I was flying all the way to Doha, and we went around the outside of that cyclone, and our plane was rocking and it was rolling. I was under the influence of a sleeping tablet, and I was completely fast asleep. But when that plane began to rock, and I mean, it was being thrown all over the place, and I fly a lot, it woke me up. You cannot sleep or relax if you are afraid. But Jesus knew he was in the hands of his father. He trusted his father. He had faith in his father. And wrapped in the broad arms of faith, Jesus slept. He was not going to go under. He was going to go over. So he was sleeping the sleep of a man who had perfect trust in his father. And I want you to picture Jesus for a moment. Every muscle in his body was relaxed. He wasn't having bad dreams. He wasn't having nightmares. He wasn't imagining the worst possible thing that was going to take place. The waves did not wake him. The tossing did not startle him. The wind did not disturb him. He was sleeping the sleep of a man who feared nothing. And what we have to remember is this. Our God fears nothing. He is afraid of nothing. Fear is a human emotion that we feel when we're faith with real or perceived danger. And there are healthy fears that protect us, but there are unhealthy fears that torment us. And sometimes the biggest challenge to us are those unhealthy fears. But may we remember today, no matter how big our storm is, our God is bigger than our storm. Our God is bigger than our circumstance. And our God is afraid of nothing. Our God is fearless. He is fearsome and is to be feared in the sense of revered. And the God who indwells us by His Holy Spirit is afraid of nothing. And God's indwelling Holy Spirit can give us all the power that we need to look at fear eye to eye and to overcome in the name of Jesus. So with no fear in his life whatsoever, verse number 38 says, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. He fears nothing. Let me tell you a story. And you may have seen the story on the news as well. There was a fisherman in a tinny and he was off the coast of New South Wales, about 1K off the coast of New South Wales. A rogue wave came and tossed his boat over and he was thrown in, in into the ocean. But fortunately, he had a life vest on. But to his horror, his little tinny sank. 
fortuitously, not far away, were some rocks that were protruding out of the water. And he was able to swim over to those rocks and almost exhausted, he clambered up those rocks above the, the tide line and hung on to those rocks all night. In the morning, a helicopter came and they found him. And they winched down and they got him and they, and they put that, that protective boy around him and winched him up and flew him to shore. When he got to the shore, there was all the media there and they surrounded him. And he's, he's covered in that, those metallic blankets. And I remember this vividly. They shoved the microphone in his face and they asked him the question. They said, were you afraid? And I'll never forget his answer. He said, oh yeah, he said, I shook but the rock didn't. He said, I shook, but the rock didn't. You know, when I heard that story, I thought that was a great analogy of the Christian life. We go through things that make us shake. We're human. We're frail. We're fearful. We wouldn't be human if we didn't have emotions like that. But when we can go to nobody else, and when we can go to nothing else, we can go to Jesus because he does not shake. He is not afraid of anything. We can hang on to him. And today, if you feel that there's a storm going on and your emotions are convulsing and maybe you're shaking because of what you were going through, you can hold on to Jesus today. So back in the storm, Jesus was, was not afraid. But this was not true of the disciples. They were seized with a crippling, unmitigated, unbridled fear. And as the storm got bigger, their fear increased as well. And because they were so fearful, verse number 38 then says, They woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And their words, don't you care if we drown, have a tone of unbelief, accusation, and fear. Their words unmasked what was in their heart. Because when you're in the middle of a storm, you see what you're really like on the inside. And they were not in a good way. They reasoned that Jesus didn't care whether they went under or over. And this is what happens when you forget what God has said. Jesus has said, let us go over to the other side. They had forgotten that. They had assumed that Jesus didn't care about what, what they were going through. They were focusing more on the storm than they were on Jesus. And sometimes we can be exactly the same. Our words, our prayers reveal what's going on in our hearts. Oh God, don't you care about my finances at the moment? Oh God, don't you care about my health at the moment? Oh God, don't you care about my family at the moment? Oh God, don't you care? It shows what's really in our heart. But that leads me to number four. A fourth thing we see in this passage about how we know we are not going to go under. We're going to go over. Number four, because Jesus has the power to still any storm. Jesus has the power to still any storm. So I want you to picture these fear-stricken, waterlogged, smelly fishermen screaming at Jesus, don't you care if we drown? And I want you to picture Jesus as he rises and surveys the faces of these men looking for an element of faith. Picture Jesus. The wind is blowing his hair and his garments. The spray of the waves is soaking him. The sea was raging and pitching and buffeting the boat. The long fingers of the storm are closing in. 
But Jesus does not flinch. He is not afraid. He is not intimidated. He is not anxious. And the disciples would have been staring at him with, with longing and anticipation and urgency. And then Jesus stood in verse number 39, and his voice was calm and resonant and authoritative. The same voice that spoke the universe into existence in the beginning of creation. The same voice that brought everything that we now see into being by the word of his power now speaks. And in verse number 39 it says, He rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. With the same authority, he silenced and drove out demons. He rebuked the wind and it became calm. And to the waves, he said, you will be muzzled. You will be silent. You will be quiet. You will be still. And immediately, verse number 39 says, the wind died down and it was completely calm. The sea suddenly went, went to sleep at the words of Jesus and the waves became smooth, and it was completely calm. How do we know we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over? Because the Jesus that we serve has the power to still any storm. And I know that you know this, but I want to encourage you today with these words, nothing is impossible with our great God. And the calming of the sea shows God's ability to do anything for his people. Even the forces of nature itself are subject to the word and the will of God Almighty. And one of the greatest examples of that is when the Lord made a way through the Red Sea to deliver his people from Egypt into the promised land. He then brought walls down. He fed his people in the desert. He made the sun stand still. He sent destructive hail on an enemy. He brought water out of a rock. And the list could go on and on and on. Now, we may never need a miracle like that, but we need to remember God is able to do extraordinary, miraculous things for his people. Our God has the power to still any storm. And I want to reassure you today, you are not going to go under. You will get to the other side. Because Jesus can calm any storm. Number five. A fifth thing we see in this passage about how we know we are not going to go under, but we're going to go over. Number five, because Jesus is working on the weak areas of our life. Jesus is working on the weak areas of our life. So having dealt with the outward problem, Jesus now has to deal with the real problem. And in the story, Jesus spoke twice. The first time, he spoke to the external problem, the winds and the waves. But the second time he spoke, he spoke to the real problem, the internal problem that was going on in the disciples. For in this story, the real threat was not what they were going through, but how they were responding to what they were going through. And when everything had calmed down, Jesus asked them, Two questions that have a relevance for us as much as for the disciples in the middle of the boat. Jesus asked them and said, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I want to ask you, you today, and this is a rhetorical question, no need to answer. Don't heckle me like you heckled Brooke. But I want to ask you today, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? 
Let me say again, the real problem in the story was not the storm, but what was within them. The storm unveiled and revealed what was in their hearts. And there were two potentially fatal problems. There was the presence of unhealthy fear and there was the absence of faith. And those two things are strongly linked. Whenever you've got the presence of unhealthy fears, what happens is it begins to evaporate away our faith. And then our minds just go wild and we start to imagine all the worst possible thing that could happen inside of our life. And our faith just disappears away. The disciples should, should have remembered what he'd said when he said, let us go over to the other side. They should have relied on his presence in the boat. They should have remembered the great miracles that he'd done in the past. They had every reason not to fear, but they did. And sometimes we can be exactly the same as, as the disciples. We get anxious, we get fearful, uh, and, and we get faithless without remembering we too have the Word of God. We too have the presence of God. We too have experienced His power in the past. We too are never alone. So when Jesus asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? He wanted them to put their trust in His Word and in His presence. And my simple encouragement to you today is put your faith in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. And this is why. Because He's not finished with you. He's not condemning you today. He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to reject you. He's working on you. He's working in you. He's not pointing out your faults today. What he's saying is, oh, there's a part of you I want to strengthen. There's a part of you I want to toughen up. There's a part of you that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't trust me 100%. And I want you to trust me in the middle of your storm. So today, in the name of Jesus, I want to say, you're not going to go under. You will go over because Jesus, as he searches you, sees that there's some weaknesses there and he wants to make you strong in that part of your life. And he's not going to discard you. He's not going to cut you free. He's going to bring you through. And we may not understand why at this stage of our life, because we haven't got the director's final cut on that day. What did I say, Brooke? That was the best message I've ever heard on giving ever. The most creative, innovative, revelatory one. It was fantastic. And on that day, when we see the final card of the director will understand ah that was the reason for the storm because he's doing this inside of me because God doesn't just want you to have a nice little happy wealthy life and everything going good he wants to make you more like Jesus so sometimes we will go through storms so that he can do something inside of us he could do through no other way and lastly number six a sixth and final reason why we know we are not going to go under. We're going to go over. And I love this one. Because Jesus uses the storm to reveal more of himself. Jesus uses the storm to reveal more of himself. Verse number 41 reads, They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. They were astonished. They were terrified, they were dumbfounded, and they asked each other, who is this? For the subduing of the wind and the wave, waves were not just a demonstration of power, they were an epiphany. It was a way by which Jesus was unveiling himself. 
revealing himself. In the middle of the storm, he was saying to them, this is who I am. This is what I am. And there are some things that we go through in life that have a far greater spiritual significance than we realize at the time. And in the middle of it, Jesus reveals and unveils more of himself. And those revelations shape our future understanding of God and his ways. For example, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. It's a really hard word to say that one. These three young men, faith didn't prevent the fiery ordeal. It preserved them in the fiery ordeal. Faith did not shield them from the fiery furnace. It sustained them in the fiery furnace. But when they're in the middle of that furnace, Jesus appeared to them. And that transformed their life. And for the rest of their days, they had an influence upon a whole nation because they had a revelation of God in the middle of their fire. And I want to say to you today, you may be in the middle of a storm and it may, things like, things may seem like things are out of control. But in the middle of that, the Lord will say, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And that will shape the rest of your, your, your life. But I pray also that we would never lose a sense of who is this? Who is this? Yes, we know him. Yes, he lives in our heart. Yes, we have his word. But we will never get to a full understanding of who he is this side of eternity. So may we always retain a holy sense of awe and reverence about who our great God is. May we always come to the house of God with a sense of who is this? Who am I going to encounter today? What aspect of God am I going to encounter today? And I love how Colossians 1 describes Jesus. It says this, he is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation. He is the creator of all things. All things are created by him and for him. In him, all things hold together by the word of his power. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. He is the one who has reconciled the world to God. So in the middle of your storm, the Lord will say, this is who I am. And maybe you're asking the question today, who is this? Who is this? He is the one who is with you in your boat, even if you think he's asleep. He is the presence of God that is with you in any and every circumstance. He is the risen Savior, triumphant over sin and death. He is the reigning King, endowed with power and authority to muzzle any storm. Therefore, let us focus upon Jesus Live with a sense of awe about who Jesus is. Reach out to Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus and pray to Jesus. So in summary and conclusion today, this is a very simple message today, which is this. You are not going to go under. You are going to go over. You will get through. You will come to the other side. You will come out stronger. And you will come through with a more resilient faith and trust in Jesus. And how do we know that we know that we know we're not going to go under? We're going to go over? Number one, we've seen because Jesus knows 
where he's taking us. He knows what he's doing inside of us. We can trust him that he knows the destination. He knows what he's doing. Take your eyes off the storm today and put them upon him because he knows where he's taking us. Number two, we know because Jesus is with us on the journey. No matter what you feel, you are not alone. He is with you. Number three, Jesus is not afraid of anything. He's not fearful. You may be shaking, man. You can hang on to that rock. He is not shaking. Number four, because he's not afraid of what you are going through. He's bigger than what you are going through. So you are not going to go under. You will go over. Number five, because he's working on you. He's working on the weak areas of your life to strengthen your faith and encourage your faith and build you up. And number six, because right in the middle of your storm, the Lord will say to you, this is who I am. This is what I am. And your test will become your testimony. You will begin to see him in a new way. And that will transform the very way that you are living your life. So I'd love us this morning, just in the middle of whatever storm you were going through, that you would just raise your voice today and put your faith and your trust in him. Would you mind standing with me, please? Okay, I'm wondering if we could do How Great Is Our God again. I think that would be very appropriate. But just, can I just ask you please just to close your eyes in God's presence. And we have a moment of reverence in God's presence. Because of who He is. And maybe in the middle of your storm today, I want to ask you, what was the one thing I said that was the word of the Lord to you. Out of all that I said, what was the one point that was the word of the Lord to you? Would you just take a moment, please, and just in His presence, just talk to Him about that one thing. Just begin to talk to Him about that one thing. Engage with Him. And then I want to pray for you. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. Try and not focus on the storm. Focus upon Him. And let's sing. Oh, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. No matter how big the storm, sing these words to the Lord. Don't we'll see how great. 
pray for the whole congregation and they'll hand back to Pastor Peter and probably close the meeting but I want to take, I'm happy to stay here and pray for anybody who wants prayer this morning but allow me to pray for you today pray for you as a congregation Lord I thank you that you are great there are no words in our language that can adequately, descriptively capture or, Lord, describe who you are. You are beyond understanding. Lord, we, we feel like the disciples, who is this? You are just so great. But we thank you that you're a God of revelation. You're a God who has made yourself known through Jesus Christ. You're a God that indwells us by the empowering presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for those people today that are in the middle of a storm and they don't understand what, why they're going through what they're going through. And it may seem that everything is out of control. I pray that, Lord, today you would strengthen their faith. I pray that you would strengthen their hope, that you would strengthen their trust, that today they would have a new sound, they would have a new song. Lord, they would have a revelation of who you are in the middle of their storm. And I thank you, Lord, you will bring us through to the other side. And our trust is in you, that you will bring us through to the other side. And we give you glory, and we give you praise, and we give you thanks today, Lord. For we are not going to go under. We will go over, Lord, because you are with us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.